0: On Criminal, we tell true stories about people who've done wrong, been wronged, or gotten caught somewhere in the middle. I never did anything wrong. I never had a speeding ticket. So I think I just saved all my stuff up for just one thing. From lotto scams to black market whiskey to the accidental death of a rare and beautiful fish, we bring you stories about the most curious crimes around. Listen to Criminal every week, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is a CBC
2: Podcast. It's kind of windy, eh?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, my headphones are all frozen here already. We're heading up to Holmes Lake here, about quarter to seven in the morning. Up the snowy road.
1: Five-year-old Adrian McNaughton disappeared late day on June 12, 1972, while on a family fishing trip here at this lake.
2: It's early March. We're just trying to catch the lake with the ice in still. On our fourth attempt to look for Adrian McNaughton in the area that the four cadaver dogs indicated and auger some holes in. We've got a core sampler that we're gonna insert into the holes at regular intervals on a grid, and sample the muddy bottom of the lake throughout the area where the dogs are signaling. So hopefully we'll be able to get much deeper into the sediment that has accumulated over the years at the bottom of Holmes Lake. During the dives, the first three, we were barely able to, scratch the surface of the mud so this would be by far the most thorough search of the lake that we've done to try to find adrian if he's in the lake okay let's go let's keep going there's the lake holmes lake it's an overcast, grey day. Pulling everything on a sled behind me here. Chris Oak from SKS is in the distance pulling up the sampler device in a big pelican box. We got Mike Grebler coming in, who is the dive master on dives one, two, and three. He'll be joining us later and Chris and I we're gonna start by marking out the search area. It should be about 80 feet out from shore, and about 100 feet in width, and then another 80 feet back to shore in a rectangle. We'll place the samples next to the holes on the ice, and later Kim Cooper and Pauline will come in with their dogs separately, and sniff at the samples, and we'll see if there's any indication on the samples, and we can get up to four feet of sample so we can actually get right to the bottom of the mud in the search area. Here's the spot where Adrian was last seen. This is where Murray said they were fishing and looked back and where Lee said he saw Adrian playing, and they looked back again and he wasn't there. Not very far. God, it's a lonely place. This is the area right here where the dogs all stood and looked this way. Like I'm wondering whether we can focus on the area where we think he might be and then expand out from there. So like if we if we were to start where we think he fell in, yeah, and then sort of fan out from that as we search. There's the spot right there where the dog's indicated. So there's the, the 80 foot mark out there. So we'll put our first hole right here. All right.
1: Using a hand-powered ice auger about 15 centimeters in diameter, we bore into the ice of Holmes Lake. The ice is clean and smooth, enough for a game of shinny hockey, and about 40 centimeters thick.
2: Okay, so let's get the sampler. Now, let's get the alcohol wipes, because Kim Cooper said that I should sterilize whatever we sampled or tested. The the theory is to sterilize the unit before we use it, and then anything that it touches here is all fresh from Holmes Lake, and anything it's been through before isn't represented as something that the dogs can smell.
1: The core sampler is made up of four detachable cylinders, about 30 centimeters long and about three centimeters in diameter, with a butterfly valve that traps a column of mud inside until we can get it to the surface. On top, above the tubes, we screw on an increasing number of rods to get down to the depth necessary to find bottom.
2: Just try to get as much sample as we can, right? Just keep going until you kind of get a bit feel like you have something. How much more length do we have here? I think i brought enough to go about 32, 33 feet.
1: Oh, that's something hard.
2: Okay, so that's the bottom. Oh, there you go. That helps to hold the sample in better. So at this rate, I think we just leave it as the dogs smell at a particular hole, then we just mark that hole. Yeah, here comes Mike Grebler. Hey, Mike. let Nice to see you again, Mike. Nice to be seen. So we're like, what, 15, 20, 12 feet from shore, and we're down about 35 feet already. Wow. Into the silt. Yeah. There's a sub-layer, and then there's a mat, and then there's another layer underneath an opening, like open area of water, and then there's another layer, way down. So there's like a layer cake.
0: Probably, you know, a lot of the old growth and tree bits and...
2: Like the actual (laughs) bottom is like... uh, There's like 20 feet after the actual bottom. Like after the bottom that you feel, there's another 20 feet. That's astounding. Right? That was truly astounding. I had, I mean... You can't even tell as a diver. You could just be pushing against it and think it's, it's sort of bottom, maybe below that, and oh. it's like actually just the sub-bottom.
0: Holy mackerel!
2: So the question is, how did those divers back in the day ever claim or ever actually say they searched it properly? Well, their target would have been on top of the silt yeah. or underneath the tree. Yeah, hit like a caught cot caught under or tree. Underneath, the, underneath one of those hollows. Wow. So we're 30, going 35 feet. Well, well, have we'll a look at, at the we'll number that we got coming out here. Oh. So this has gone all the way down in there already at that length, but I can't get it down any further. So this is from the very bottom, at least. Basically, right. we're just the dogs will come, they'll smell, they find, they find. And then we, then we mark the holes. All right, well, we should keep going. All I want right. to get at least this area covered, so we've got to pretty much push. captured a whole bunch of mud. Looks like we got a nice sample Sample in there, too. Yeah, there's a good sample there. So that's 33 feet of sampler in the ground, but we're about 20 feet from shore, and we're 33 feet down, and we're almost at the end of our pipe that we brought. And we're going through several layers. Uh, This is astounding, really. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, so if Adrian or anybody's remains are in here, they could easily be within the layer cake of, of, of silt and, and tree bark and
1: debris and twigs and all the, the stuff that has been moving. We drill and sample over 30 holes. Then, in the early afternoon, Kim Cooper arrives with her group of cadaver dog handlers.
2: Hello,
0: how are you? Good, how are you?
1: The dogs are all waiting back down at the main road in warm trucks, and will be gotten one at a time from there.
0: So we're and making we, our way around. Okay. Trying I to, see. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: I don't know what you guys think, but we're we have 33 foot of pipe, and about 15 feet offshore, we're right down to the handle. Really? So we really? Can, we can't go any oh, further yes, out the hell that. out of me.
0: Thir- you can't get to the bottom with 33 feet.
2: No, 15 right there.
0: Really? Yeah,
2: it's really different than what well, I thought.
0: yeah, because we thought it was a lot shallower. Yeah. Yeah. Then it would make no sense that he wasn't that he hadn't come, come up. up yes. That no one yeah. spotted him. Yeah. On, <sighs> we got layers of crap. I
2: don't know how much time you guys have or what you want me to do now. Yeah. yeah. You want me to put more holes in and do more, di- or do you think we got enough for a sample?
0: What did you? Uh, you pulled gunk out and you have laid it out somewhere? Yeah, is that the what gunk done? is yeah. right next to each hole. hole. Okay. It's probably most efficient to get all the holes done before we bring the dogs up as opposed to running them back and forth back and forth
2: so would you do one at a time like yeah. you guys would hang out over there kind of thing and yeah. then you come in and go around that's a good yeah. idea how many sets do we have of dogs we have three so you're two yeah and pauline's dog nice yeah. okay oh, great yeah. so who's coming first
0: uh we're going to um uh, we're going to do our best to run them blind Um uh, meaning us so so i won't tell pauline what happens if anything happens with my dog great. so she'll come up not knowing
2: we won't I won't
0: watch her dog work when I bring the third dog out. So no tells me.
2: Okay, so why don't we do a couple
0: more holes.
1: We drill and sample a few more holes in some random spots for good measure. Then the first dog, Grief, arrives with Kim. The dogs are brought over the ice rather than through the bush, which is confusing for them at first, but makes it far less likely that they'll remember the location from their previous visits. Grief passes each of the holes and samples without much fuss, but then he passes one further out directly opposite the campsite area where all the dives were based from the datum point and hooks back dramatically sliding on the ice as he tries to turn around quickly grief bite smells at the water as I've seen the dogs do when they're trying to get a better scent and then he walks to Kim then back to the hole barking this is what Kim calls a final response, and it is different than what we've seen before. It's what the dogs have been trained to do when they confirm human remains to their handlers.
2: That was, that was interesting. Yeah, I, that, when he came in, there was a major wing back at, at this one hole here, at the middle hole right there. It was like right back, and he smelled again, and then he came around, and then he did this thing over here. Because even I noticed that. I'm not a dog trader or and handler. And I noticed that. So we'll see what the other dogs do. That was the least experienced dog. Pauline's gonna bring her dog in.
1: Then it's Quinn's turn. Quinn's body language shifts at the hole where grief indicated. At the very next hole, just a short distance away, but further from shore, in a straight line, out from the datum point, he indicates as well. Just like grief, with a full final response, something we've not seen before. Quinn actually lies down on the ice.
0: Well, he, he lay down on this one, which is his final response.
2: What does the response mean? when he sits down like that?
0: When he, he lays down, that's what he's trained to do. When he, he smells cadaver, his final response is to lay down by it. But that, that's the only hole he lay down on.
2: But the same place twice, right? So. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Eh? We'll let Kim tell you the other dog, I guess. So then Kim's coming in. She's coming other... with. Okay, so we'll grease. wait till the whole we'll read yeah. after. Thanks, right? I think that's the first full sit that we've had. That's the first full action. And this last dog is the most experienced dog.
1: Breeze gingerly sniffs past the long line of holes. She passes by the hole where grief indicated and then Quinn's hole nearby. Nothing. But then she returns to the first hole and begins licking the water. Breeze 2 gives Kim a strong indication and lays down. All three dogs with final response indications.
2: So, what did you guys observe there?
0: None of them seem to be drawn to those holes down there. No, really, no, at all. No, no. Everybody's hooking back onto onto these ones. Did did uh, Quinn do a like a, a hook back when he came to this hole and checked it out? Yeah. Uh, I did notice a, a change in body
2: language, and you could okay. tell there was a, something going on. And, it was. Yeah.
0: It, that's what I was thinking as I was walking back down with grief. Was that, you know, because he's he's the guy who will not indicate unless it lines up. It t- has to check all the boxes of everything he's experienced before, and if it doesn't, he won't indicate.
2: I mean, grief. When he came in, the first thing when I saw he hooked really hard on that hole there.
0: Interesting is that Hardy goes are these barking holes. But then we have three completely independent and mm. they end up choosing basically the same hole. It's kind mm. of
2: it. mm. Quinn sat there and Quinn then... lay s- down
0: there and barked. Well, yeah, we call it an indication or a trained final response.
2: Final response is good.
0: Yeah, okay, TFRs. <laughs> trained final response.
2: So what do we call Breeze's response here? Is it a... Same thing, TFR. TFR? Yeah. TFR? Yeah,
0: and hers is a... They, they Both of them have the same thing, barking down.
2: So Breeze and Grief both did the thing there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So that would make sense, eh? Doesn't it look- yeah, the whole thing keeps lining yeah. up, doesn't it? Yeah. With, with what we've always pretty much felt. Yeah.
2: I have no doubt.
0: I'm I'm thinking that 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 whole thing with the pole going in 33 feet over there, that just to me just went. Everything just opened up. The possibilities just opened right up.
2: I don't know. It's <laughs> just like, are we? Would you ever? Are we ever going to find anything more than this? You know, like is it just impossible? Yeah. Right? It's okay.
0: your world, but I wouldn't think so. It eats at you doesn't it? It does. It keeps you awake at night. That's why we're here. All of us.
1: We've taken triangulated measurements within a few centimeters of where the holes of interest are. I've discussed everything with this dedicated team of volunteers who have been here from the beginning and we've been forced to agree there's nothing more that we can do or should do given what we all believe. There are human remains in Holmes Lake. Definitively proving that it is Adrian in the lake will be more difficult or impossible given the depths and volume of bottom material. But any further exploration of the lake should be left to the Ontario Provincial Police. To see a video clip of the dogs at Holmes Lake, visit our website at wwwcbcca sks.